A marvelous idea. Let's walk like a T-Rex. You speak Tyrannosaurus? I picked up a little bit from spending so much time with Victoria. Walk like a T-Rex. What do you want to write today? What do you want to say? Are you happy or are you blue? Maybe green and yellow too. No matter who you are, there's so many words in your heart. So grab a pen and paper, let's start. Welcome, I'm Donnie. I'm a white man with a brown beard and brown, kind of messy, curly hair that's combed over to the side. Today, I'm wearing a blue poet beanie, my blue glasses, and a denim blue jean shirt over a green t-shirt. Right now, I'm sitting in my living room in my comfy brown chair, going through some mail and reading some letters. In the background, you can see my taupe living room walls filled up with posters and artwork in all different colors and sizes and my purple bookshelf filled with books you can also see some of my friends like the cloud queen who's watering her rainbow garden and the space cacti who are getting into well some kind of mischief in the bottom left corner is my friend miriam she's a white lady with gray brown hair miriam is an interpreter She's going to be translating the words I'm saying into American Sign Language, or ASL. As I finish reading my letters, I put the mail down and lean in to start reciting a poem for you. Even if the dinosaurs had iPhones, by Allison Truge. Even if the dinosaurs had iPhones, it still would have been really hard for a T-Rex to take a selfie. Today, let's write about dinosaurs. Now, dinosaurs are really exciting but there's also a lot to know. We might need some help. Fortunately, I have just the friend in mind. He's small and green, with gray horns on his head and dark green wings on his back, and... <clears throat> ah, Dragon, you have a letter. A correspondence? Intriguing. From who? Ah, uh, I'm not sure. But it's from Houston, Houston, Texas. Houston? Why, I haven't been there for a millennia at least, which is a thousand years, which is funny because you think it'd be- Uh, Dragon, your, uh, your letter? Right, yes. Hmm, the Houston Museum of Natural Science? How wonderful. It's from Victoria. Victoria? Yes, my dear friend Victoria. We grew up together, you see. She seems to be inviting me to Houston. She's on some kind of a tour. Here, read for yourself. Dragon, I'm, I'm looking at this letter, but all I see is roar, spelled out in big black letters. Right, I'm sorry. I've forgotten that most humans don't speak Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus? Yes, Victoria is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, or T-Rex, colloquially. King of the dinosaurs, quite literally, king of the lizards. Though, a more literal translation would include- Wait, wait, wait. So, 
Are you gonna go visit her? Of course. Well, if you're gonna go, would, would you mind taking a camera? That way, Miriam and my friends can go with you. A cinematographer? Me? Brilliant. But Donnie, won't you be going? Well, I have to stay here because, well, I have things to write about. Of course, all right. Well, I must get ready. Have everyone meet me in my library when they're ready to go. All right, while Dragon gets ready, let's sing hello. We'll sing hello to me, Donnie. Then we'll sing hello to Miriam. Then we'll sing hello everybody to you and all our friends who are watching. Are you ready to sing? Yeah! Hello, Donnie. Hello, Donnie. Hello, Donnie. We're glad you came today. Hello to Miriam. Hello, Miriam. Hello, Miriam. Hello, Miriam. We're glad you came today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We're glad you came today. Hey, great singing, y'all. All right, now I have to send you over to Dragon. Let's do one big dragon breath to get there. And if you don't remember, that's okay. A dragon breath is when you take a deep breath in and then when you exhale. Ready? Let's do one big dragon breath and send you over to dragon. The dragon breath swirls and twirls across the screen and brings you to dragon. He's waiting for you in front of his library full of books. Ah, oh, timely as always. We're in my library now, but to get to Houston, we'll need to do three big dragon's breaths. Ready? One. Two. Nicely done. Here comes three. Make it your biggest yet. Dragon breath swirls and twirls across the screen. And we next see a map of the United States with Dragon up in New York City towards the top right of the map. A pink line marks his path. As he flies, he does a little loop-de-loop -loop before finally landing in Houston, down towards the bottom left of the map. Here we are, the Houston Museum of Natural Science. This large stone building with a paved walkway and the big glass entrance is the museum. Let's head inside and find Victoria. The Morian Hall of Paleontology seems the logical place to start. Though it's a little large. There are so many dinosaurs here. 
Why, there are fossils and fully reconstructed dinosaurs everywhere you look. I even see a T-Rex, but it's not Victoria. Oh, what's this? It seems we might have chanced upon a tour. Hello, I'm Dragon. What are you doing with all these artifacts? Hi, I'm Maddie. I work here at the Houston Museum of Natural Science. And I am a tall white woman with blonde hair. I'm wearing a black polo shirt with a T-Rex on it that says HMNS Education and blue jeans and tennis shoes. Currently, I'm standing in our Hall of Paleontology. You might hear a little noise in the background because we have a lot of guests today. And around me, there are lots of mounts of big dinosaurs made of fossils. It's the skeleton of the dinosaurs. And what I have here today with me are a couple of those fossils that we're gonna talk about in detail so you can learn a little bit more about dinosaurs. Fascinating. Do you mind if we observe? Of course. I mentioned the word Hall of Paleontology. Paleontology is the study of fossils and paleontologists are the scientists that study those fossils. The first object that I'm holding is made of a wooden base. It's about the size and width of my index finger and it kind of gets smaller as you get towards the top of the wooden base. Coming out of the top of the wooden base is a very sharp metal end, kind of like a nail. This tool is used by paleontologists to excavate or dig up fossils from the ground. It's got this really sharp point on the end to get those fossils out of the ground precisely. They don't want to damage the fossils, so they're going to get all the dirt and all the rock away from the actual fossil with this tool. Now I'm holding an object that's a pretty ordinary object. It's about the length of my hand and it's got a really flat base. On the top fourth of the base, there are bristles coming out from the base. And they're a little, a little tough, um, but, but a little soft as well, kind of in the middle. And this object is used to brush away dirt from fossils. This object is something you use every day, like I mentioned. Can you guess what it might be? It's a toothbrush. So whenever you brush your teeth at night, you can say that you're using a tool that paleontologists use. The next item that I'm holding is about the size of my forearm, meaning the length from where my wrist starts to where my elbow begins. This object is pretty heavy and it feels like it has some root-like structures coming out from the bottom. On the top, it has some grooved, soft, smooth objects that look kind of like what my molars look like. So if you touch or use your tongue to feel the back teeth in your mouth, you can feel what this object feels like. These are teeth from a mastodon. They had really similar teeth to our teeth. Pretty cool. The next object that I'm holding is a pretty round object. And it's about the size of what you might think of as like a chest shield that a warrior might wear. 
Um, let's see, as I touch over it, it's got really a bumpy texture. There are a lot of little bumps on this object. And as I put my hand through the middle of this object, I can feel some ridges, three ridges in a row. This object is the skin of a dinosaur. It's the impression of the skin of a hadrosaur. The bumps that I was describing are the texture of the skin, and the ridges that I was describing are where the ribs of the dinosaur would have been. The last object that I'm holding is really heavy. Um, it is a rock that's the size of my palm, and coming out from the top of the rock is something that is shaped like a cylinder. It's a different texture than the smooth rock on the bottom. It's a little bumpy. This object is something that a dinosaur left behind for us to study, but it is not a bone. This object is fossilized dinosaur poop. Can you believe it? We like to call this our sparkly dinosaur poop. We're here in my living room again. I'm really glad that Dragon found Maddie. Maddie's a good friend of mine, and I know that she's gonna help him find Victoria. But I also know Dragon, and I know that there's plenty in that museum to get him a little sidetracked, shall we say. So while we wait, I thought, let's create our own dinosaurs. I was really inspired by that tour that Maddie gave. So I went and got my notebook, and now I just need to grab one of my markers. If you want to get something to write with too, we can meet at my table and get started. We're looking down at my wooden table, where you can see my hands, my black marker, and my notebook. To make a dinosaur, we'll first have to answer three questions. One, where did it live? Two, what did it eat? And three, what is its name? To help us out along the way, we'll talk to Maddie and Kelsey, an educator at the museum. The first thing we need to know about it is where it lived. Did it live on land, in the ocean, or could it fly up in the sky? I wrote my options down in my notebook so that I can think about them a little bit because it's kind of a hard choice. All of them are pretty cool. If it's a hard choice for you too, don't worry. We have Maddie to tell us a little bit more. Actually, Donnie, only those land-dwelling creatures were considered dinosaurs. The ones that lived in the ocean were called prehistoric marine reptiles, and the ones that flew were called prehistoric avian reptiles. Well, that's really interesting. I wonder why, though. Maybe Kelsey can tell us a little bit more. On the screen is Kelsey a white woman with brown hair wearing a black museum polo. She's standing in front of a table full of fossils, and behind her is a wall with even more fossils and skulls. To be a dinosaur, you have to follow three important characteristics. First characteristic is you have to have four limbs. So if you got yourselves, you got one, two, three, four. I have four limbs. Am I a dinosaur? No, right? So instead of just having those four limbs, characteristic number two is our dinosaurs have to have their arms and legs coming out underneath their body. So kind of like a dog or a cat or a cow, right? Arms and legs underneath the body. If your arms are out to the side like this, you're more like a lizard, right? You can kind of move your arms like that. 
and you don't get to be a dinosaur if your arms come out from the side, only from underneath. Our last characteristic for being a dinosaur, right? Four limbs underneath the body. The last characteristic is that these dinosaurs have to live on land. So this ocean creature here doesn't get to be a dinosaur because two things. One, its arms are out towards the side, or flippers in this case. And two, it lives in the ocean. Hmm. Well, now that we know a bit more, I think I'm going to make mine an ocean dot prehistoric reptile. Next. We need to decide what this dinosaur or prehistoric reptile ate. Did it eat plants? Or did it eat meat? And I put these words herbivore and carnivore next to each. Here's Kelsey to tell us a bit more about what herbivore and carnivore really mean take a look at a set of dinosaur teeth here and I want you guys to think about what this dinosaur might have eaten. Now I'm sure you guys guessed this one really quickly. Our dinosaurs actually, um, this one happens to be a meat eater or a carnivore, right? It has these sharp teeth that are specifically designed for eating meat. They actually um, are pointy but not too sharp and they have tiny little serrations on the side that actually allow it to tear through meat um, kind of like a knife would. So we've seen a meat eater. Let's take a look at another set of teeth. Here we have a very flat surface. And on the front, they're actually little tiny little diamond shapes. Each of those diamond shapes is actually a tooth. So with a flat tooth, you might have guessed this is an herbivore, right? This animal ate plants. I'm going to make mine an herbivore. And last, but certainly not least, we need to give our dinosaurs a name. And you can name yours anything you want. In fact, a lot of dinosaurs are just named after the people who found them or where they were found. Right, Maddie? That's absolutely right. Lots of dinosaurs had really cool names based on the locations that they were found in. Some of the cool ones that I like are Cryolophosaurus. This dinosaur was found in Antarctica, and it means cold crest lizard because it was found in the ice. Another one that I really like is Y-Rex. This dinosaur was found on the Y-Rick Ranch in Montana. The owner's name was Y-Rick, but he wanted to name the dinosaur Y-Rex because it's a T-Rex. Well, since I discovered mine here in New York, I'll call it the Manhattasaurus. So my Manhattasaurus is a prehistoric reptile that lived in the ocean. It ate plants, like seaweed, and I discovered it here in New York. Now that we've done a bit of writing, let's head back to the museum and see how Maddie and Dragon are doing. The camera opens on a giant T-Rex skeleton lit up in a museum display. It's Victoria, Dragon's old friend. Oh, Victoria, it's so good to see you. Why, you don't look a day over a millennia. Actually, Victoria was about 65 million years old. Yes, well, what should we do to celebrate, Victoria, old friend? <laughs> a marvelous idea, let's- Walk like a T-Rex. You speak Tyrannosaurus? I picked up a little bit from spending so much time with Victoria. Walk like a T-Rex. What we know about a dinosaur is that it lived on land and it had four limbs coming out directly from below its body. So we have two arms 
and two legs here. A T-Rex had a little shorter arms than we do, so I'm gonna pull mine in just a little bit like this. Originally, it was thought that T-Rex stood up straight, like we do, like humans. But because they have such large tails to balance their body, it was later found out that they walked parallel to the ground, kind of like this. So, we're gonna walk like a T-Rex. Do you wanna try it with me? Yeah! Great! So, put your arms out like this. You're gonna pull them in a little bit, like a T-Rex short arms. And you're gonna lean over parallel to the ground like me. Pretend you have a big tail coming directly out of the back of your body. And you're gonna move your legs directly upwards, just like this. Here we go. Awesome job. Hey, welcome back. We're in my living room again. I was just finishing up my T-Rex walks. Now that we've moved our bodies a little bit, let's complete our prehistoric creations. We're gonna to need to do a little bit of coloring for this part. So I'm gonna grab some crayons and I'll come meet you at the table to finish up. We're looking down at my wooden table. You can see my notebook opened up to the page that first described the Manhattosaurus, right? It lived in the ocean as a prehistoric marine reptile. It was an herbivore that ate mainly seaweed. I'd have the name spelled out, the Manhattosaurus. I have a pile of crayons, which I'm gonna to use to draw the Manhattosaurus, and you can see my hands. So now that we know more about our dinosaurs, or prehistoric reptiles, and more about those creatures in general from our friends in the museum, let's draw a picture. Since the Manhattosaurus lived underwater, I'm gonna imagine it with a big body, kind of like a whale, but with kind of gray silver scales all over it. So I have the big kind of oval body of the Manhattosaurus with the little ridges for silver scales. And instead of giving it a big tail like a whale might have, we're gonna give it four flippers, two on each side, kind of like that figure that Kelsey showed us. Now the Manhattosaurus doesn't have claws or horns, but yours can. A lot of dinosaurs had those, right Kelsey? Claws like this one um, can be used for scratching or you know, doing a couple different things like that, maybe helping eat their prey. But this one happens to be a foot claw of a T-Rex. And this claw was not really used for tearing up meat or anything like that. It's most useful as a tool to grip the ground. If you're one of the unfortunate prey for our Tyrannosaurus Rex, you might have to use different adaptations to help you survive, like a horn. Thank you for showing us those, Kelsey. I'm finishing coloring in the gray for the Manhattosaurus's scales. I gave mine scales because I was thinking about a fish. But do you remember the dinosaur skin that Maddie showed us? Yeah, so you can make yours bumpy or scaly or however you'd like. All right, now that the body is done, I left a little room for the head. So I'm giving it two circular, 
kind of blue, maybe more of a teal colored eyes. But for the mouth, I'm thinking back to those teeth that Kelsey showed us. Do you remember? She showed us the flat teeth for an herbivore, and she showed us the sharp teeth for a carnivore. Since my Manhattosaurus is an herbivore, I'm gonna give it some flat teeth. How about your dinosaur? If your dinosaur is a carnivore, it might need some sharp teeth to really <laughs> chew up that meat. So let me introduce the Manhattosaurus. It was a prehistoric marine reptile, which means it lived in the ocean. And it was an herbivore, which means it ate plants, mainly seaweed. It had a big oval body with silver gray scales, four flippers, two blue eyes, and a mouth with flat teeth for munching up that seaweed. What kind of dinosaur did you come up with? Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Y'all, you have some wild, ferocious dinosaurs. Well done. Now, Maddie and our friends in the museum, they'd love to see the dinosaurs too. So if you want to get an adult's help, you can take a picture or make a scan and email it into mhammett at hmns.org following this email right here. Your prehistoric creations might even end up on the museum's social media too. Let's sing goodbye all together one last time. We'll sing goodbye to me, Donnie. Then we'll sing goodbye to Miriam. Then we'll sing goodbye to Maddie at the museum where Dragon is still hanging out with Victoria. And finally, we'll sing goodbye everybody to you and all our friends who are watching. Goodbye, Donnie. Goodbye, Donnie. Goodbye, Donnie. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye to Miriam. Goodbye, Miriam. Goodbye, Miriam. Goodbye, Miriam. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye to Maddie. Goodbye, Maddie. Goodbye, Maddie. Goodbye, Maddie. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Everybody, goodbye, everybody, we'll see you again next time. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you again next time. This episode of Let's Write About was created in partnership with the Houston Museum of Natural Science. Visit them online at hmns.org. Let's Write About is fiscally sponsored by Accessible Festivals, 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to making recreation and leisure accessible to all abilities. And it's made possible by the support of viewers like you. Head to DonnieWelchPoetry.com to learn more and find out how you can support the show.